0: On today's Locked On Texan podcast, you guys already know why we are here. Recapping the game, why the Houston Texan lost, and why in game two, it may be time to press the panic button. But don't go anywhere. Buddy. Let's start the show. You are Locked On Texans,
1: your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day covering the Houston Texans. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman. This is Cody Davis. And we are here to discuss the 0-1-1 Houston Texans as they lost to the Denver Broncos on Sunday. They had the 330 game, 16-9. In that game, Davis Mills, 19 of 38, 177 yards, three sacks. Very, very, very underwhelming. Damian Pierce, as promised, did become more of a focal point of this offense. 15 carries, 69 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. No rushing attempts for Rex Burkhead. And the lead pass catcher for the Houston Texans, Nico Collins, 58 yards off four receptions. He was targeted nine times in that game. We will talk about that. And for the Denver Broncos, just one of those days where, again, the Houston Texans had no push, no disruption from the front four as they rushed for 149 yards on the ground. Now, defensively, the Houston Texans did something that I was shocked to see. They held Russell Wilson to a very mediocre game for three and a half quarters. Russell Wilson only threw for 219 yards, 14 of 31 from the field, one touchdown, one interception. They dig after him three times with three sacks. And again, as I mentioned, 149 yards on the game. Jerry Judy went down. Corden Sutton found a way to make it his duty to please that offense. Seven catches, 122 yards, and his longest catch of the day was 35 yards. Cody, we have to talk about this team, and and we're going to get into you know we're going to have a recap for the next day and a half, show and a half at least, but not being disciplined not finishing plays, not tackling and wrapping up. This Houston Texan team, uh, we have this read that we do with the Locked On Network, and and it basically goes DUI, don't drive high. But for the Houston Texans, they're not driving high, but they're tackling high. And they are not getting tackles. They're not securing tackles. They have an issue with playing to their assignment and overall opportunities in the first two games of the year. For the Houston Texans, opportunity came knocking at the door. However, they just let them keep knocking. Did not answer, didn't pick up, didn't unlock the door, didn't let opportunity in because, as I see it, this Houston Texan team is still in preseason mode. Now, when you were out there on the field or throughout the preseason, this team never played with any real sense of urgency in becoming better for the starters, every time we talked about this team, you know what we put on, the, the asterisk next to it? The asterisk was for, well, they played against second string. Well, they played against some third, some third stringers, and they played they looked good. Well, Davis Mills did throw a touchdown, but this was on a second and third string cornerback. That is the asterisk that they are still playing with, but now they're playing against starters. Davis Mills, the, the, the accuracy that we, we love from you, where's that? This offense from Pep Hamilton that – we expected much more out of. And it looks different, but it's still very Tim Kelly-ish. What's going on with this offense, Cody? I think we should start there because they were the more underwhelming part of this franchise on Sunday against the Broncos.
1: And, John, when I take a look at this offense, and I hate to say this because you know it, the listeners who have been listening to this podcast for an extremely long time everyone knows that i support davis mills and i'm not falling off the bandwagon as of right now um i'm still rooting for this young man john you know me going all the way back to the final five games of last season it didn't matter if it was doing that time it didn't it didn't matter if it was doing voluntary otas mandatory mini camp whatever the case might be training camp preseason. i've always showed my support for davis mills but john Listeners and viewers, when I take a look at this offense, I'm thinking to myself, I do believe that Davis Mills might not be the answer for this organization, and I hate to say that because when I had an opportunity to listen to Lovey Smith's press conference. He talked about some of the good things that he liked that he saw from this offense. First and foremost, Damian Pierce. The Texans were finally able to move the ball with their run game, of course, with Damian Pierce taking majority, if not all of the carries. However, Lovey Smith said something that caught my eye. He said that he was very disappointed in his team offense, especially in the passing game. John, you know me and you, we do a lot of texting back and forth throughout the game, you know, picking each other brains on what we're going to talk about on this show. And you express your concerns about Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator. You also express your concerns about the weapons or the lack thereof that the Houston Texans have, whether it be with the wide receiving corps, whether it be with a tight end unit, or whatever the case might be. But, John, at the end of the day, I just go back to how— underwhelming Davis Mills look. And I say all that just to say, when I take a look at Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator, I do believe there is a lot more that he would like to do, but he can't due to the inabilities of his quarterback. When you go back and you take a look at the game that Nico Collins had and Brandon Cooks and and, and Farrell Brown and, and everybody that was utilized on that offensive side of the ball, it's only so much they can do due to the limitations of Davis Mills. And that is very important, John, listeners and viewers, because when you go back and you take a look at the first half of this game when the Houston Texans were moving the ball down the field, they was able to do that because it went back to that vanilla style offense. But every time it seemed like Pep Hamilton wants to do more, um, the, the 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 wide receiving core are in a position to make big plays or whatever the case might be, they cannot do it because due, once again, to the inabilities of Davis Mills' uh, skill set. I hate to say that, John. It's only the second game. I'm not hitting a panic button as of yet. But as of right now... If the NFL draft was tomorrow, I would like to believe that the Houston Texans will be selecting one of the top quarterback prospects coming out in next year's draft.
0: And that's such a saying because Jalen Carter should be number one on the Houston Texans board because of the inability from the front four, specifically the defensive tackles to create pressure. But we'll get into that coming up. When I look at the offense, this is a couple of takeaways that I have. And, of course, throughout the week we'll talk about it a little bit more as we gear up for their next game. The offensive line, okay, some positives. I got to give the positives. Quisenberry looks much more better than Justin Britt. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to say a thousand times better, but he at least tries and he does look better. And I would rate Quisenberry uh, a B for his play on Sunday against the Broncos. Uh, I thought that Kenyon Green, the rookie who got to start in game two, which all we all knew that was coming, I thought there were moments where he looked very good. And then I thought there was moments where, you know, he was a rookie and he was still learning specifically in pass blocking sets. And so those are some of the things and areas in his game, excuse me, that, He will get better at But there was times throughout that game, especially in that first half, where he was playing good enough to create seams for Damian Pierce to go ahead and get a couple of extra yards. And that's what you want to see. That is one of those where you take the good with the bad, but it's promising. Also, the Damian Pierce involvement, mentioned it throughout the entire week. We were hearing Lovey Smith mention that we got to get him more involved, and he did. Throughout the – by the fourth drive offensively for the Houston Texans, Damian Pierce had played roughly 20 snaps compared to Ruggs. burgerheads one snap. That is something that you have to appreciate in understanding that what we did last week isn't working and we have to change up and do things differently. Uh, but the negatives was mental errors was throughout the entire game. Now, a call to action. I've been wanting to see, I've been wanting to see Davis Mills use their 4-5, four, 4-6 four, speed. Like, you have it. At some point, you have to put it out of your bag and use it. And when a play broke down, Davis Mills was able to scramble to get the first yard. Mental error holding, bring it back on Larry Tunson. Throughout the game, and when the game was still reachable, winnable for the Houston Texans with three thirty-six left in the fourth quarter, mental errors go like this. 20-yard completion to Nico Collins. 23-yard completion to Brandon Cooks. And now we get the sack fumble. Now you're looking at second and 19. After that, you're passing the ball to the flats for only four yards, and then you have an incomplete pass. These are some of the issues with this offense that – the why wasn't this fixed throughout the preseason? Mental errors. These are just the mental errors. The game is on the line. And then we've heard Brevin Jordan I was out there that one time and we've talked about we've seen it from all of the tight ends that was in camp and they've all said what cody they expect to be utilized in this offense six receptions 10 targets and a few of those passes was uncatchable now to davis mills nico collins had nine targets four catches of those nine targets we will go back and watch and see which ones was really catchable or not. These are some of the issues with David Smith. Like going into this season, we were on this, at least he's accurate and his ball placement is there. And because we saw that last season, what's the difference now? Is he cracking under pressure? Is pressure busting pipes? Is he nervous? Is he unsure of himself? Is he not comfortable? I'm not 100% sure, but there were times throughout the game where his, foot wasn't, his feet wasn't set and he couldn't get the pass off, and it was a fairly easy pass. And now you're seeing Davis Mills have happy feet in his second year, kind of like David Carr did later on in his career with the Houston Texans when he got so used to getting hit. These are some issues, and overall, we have to let go of the dream that Titus Howard is going to work out for the future. It's not going to happen now when titus howard was matched up against anybody not named randy gregory he looked fairly decent like there were times where titus howard was looking like okay maybe this is your year the moment they switched randy gregory on him it was over he struggled heavily against randy gregory randy gregory made the entire offensive line look bad whenever he went up against him and it's just not going to work we have to kind of understand that for this season, it is what it is. Take it for what it's going to be. Maybe they move on midseason. I'm not 100% sure, depending on what this team is looking like record-wise. But he does not look good. And that's the issue for Houston. Right now, they do not have like the rest of the league a talented offense. They don't. And when I look at the rest of the league with young quarterbacks, um, what they were able to do in New York, or what Joe Burrow was able to do, or throughout the league. When I look at Houston, I've been saying the entire time, and it showed today, Russell Wilson at the very least had Courtney Sutton that's able to go up and get some passes. But at the very least, these quarterbacks are having talent. No Tyler Johnson. He was inactive for the second straight game. Of course, he's trying to get acclimated to the game, to this offensive system. But none of these guys were able to create separation. But And if it wasn't a crossing route or something that was wide open that they held on to because credit to Davis Mills, there was some drop passes, bad passes, but catchable passes. Whereas an NFL athlete, you have to come down with it. It just wasn't happening.
1: I understand that this team does not have the most talented team on the offensive side of the ball, but John, once again, I don't want to use that as an excuse as to why we are seeing this terrible offensive team to start the game. Because at the end of the day, yes, you you can sit here and and, and say that you know if Davis Mills had this player, if Davis Mills had better um uh, talent in the wide receiver core, whatever the case might be. I'm looking at this from a standpoint he does not know how to utilize his talent. When the well, Texans he, he, when the Texans got into the red zone, he targeted Brandon Cooks not once but twice. What was the target and for? And one of um,
0: those and and one of those was a drop pass. Yeah, one of was a drop pass,
1: there. but the other one I believe it was like either way over his head, or whatever, well, or whatever the case might be. But I'll say, like, just to say, I don't really believe that he know how to utilize his weapons because what is something that you and I have been talking about ever since training camp. Oh, Nico Collins at 6'4", he's gonna have the, he's gonna be a a a, a matchup problem for the opposing team's defensive backs. Target him in the red zone. And Davis Mills doesn't even look his way. Like, yeah, that is where issue. I say, that is why I say, look, I understand that. This team isn't talented, whether it's the wide receiving core, offensive line, um, tight end core, whatever the case might be. But there's moments like that where I sit here and think to myself, and this is one of my biggest gripes against Davis Mills, you don't know how to utilize the talent that you have now because there is no way in hell you should not have target Nico Collis in the red zone. We see it in practice. We saw it in the preseason. He is a matchup nightmare in the red zone. And you don't even look his way because
0: but what if he's not? What and, if and he's I'll, not able to create separation if that's an issue? And, and
1: I'm glad that you mentioned that because we could, especially now, you know, since there was on the roll, I, I, I wasn't at the game, you know, watching it on TV. And of course, there's only so much that we can see. And I'm actually go back and, and go back and take a look at whether or not he was able to create separation. But John, as of right now, I'm sitting here looking at Davis Mills. I do not believe he knows how to utilize the weapons that he have as of right now.
0: Well, and one thing I will say to the receiver's point, there were passes that were just not catchable. And that's due to the lack of Davis Mills accuracy that we were very high on going into the season. Let me make sure I tell you guys about prize picks because I know a lot of y'all may be in your feelings and you spent a bunch of money on, on, on tacos and nachos and pizza and you lost money just to watch a team lose. But you can make some of that money back with prize picks they are the daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Welcome back
1: in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Recap Monday installment of Locked On Texans. And, John, listeners and viewers, I do understand that some people might be extremely disappointed about how the Texans played on the defensive side of the ball, especially when you consider the amount of missed tackles that they had. However, John, listeners and viewers, for the second week in a row, I do want to show some love to this Houston Texans defense at least through the first three quarters once again. I understand it. I get it. Um, There's a lot of frustration on that side of the ball. I even had an opportunity to hear um, Kristen Kersey talk about it after the game. And, of course, this all revolves, revolves around the amount of missed tackles that they had. However, John, once again, for the second week in a row, this is a team that has played fairly well through the first three quarters, and all you have to do is go back and take a look at how they were able to contain Russell Wilson, because throughout Russell Wilson's career, he has had the Houston Texans numbers. He came into this game 3-0 against the Texans, recording seven touchdowns, and recording a little bit over 900 passing yards. During the first three quarters against the Texans on Sunday, Russell Wilson was 9-for-23 for his 116 yards, but in the fourth quarter alone russell wilson with one touchdown went five for eight for 103 yards um once again second week in a row second year in a row we are talking about the houston texans going out there putting together a pretty good defensive plan however fatigue got into the way once again. John, before moving moving on back to you, I do want to mention this. Through the first three quarters, the Houston Texans only gave up five plays where the Broncos recorded 15 or more yards. But, of course,
0: in the fourth quarter
1: alone, they gave up six.
0: Yeah, so I, I really don't have much to say about the defense in terms of the outcome of the game i think the defense did some pretty good things and one thing i want to highlight is the challenge to derrick stingley number three overall pick they went after him early and 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 somewhat often and we'll get those numbers probably tomorrow there was some bad from derrick stingley however there were some moments from derrick stingley that really was encouraging um and I wrote it down here. The The tackle on Corden Sutton. The the though the the Corden no, Cordon Sut- Sutton scored the touchdown, which was called back. And then the very next play, they go the same way. And Stingley has a, a nice pass breakup. Uh the very next play. And they hold Denver to three on their drive as well. Um uh, Steven Nelson had a, a big PBU on the trick play to Jerry Judy. Like, our cornerbacks here in Houston have played, I think, extremely well considering they not getting no pressure up front. I'll get to that. Um, and so, I wanted to highlight the rookie and Steven Nelson. I think both of those players had some good moments for Houston. One of those foundational building blocks type of moments because moving forward, there's some things, of course, for Derrick Stingley, you just want him to get more physical with the more physical receivers. Sutton's 6'4". He ain't, he's not an easy target. And now that you play against somebody at practice like a Nico Collins, who may not be as good as Corlin Sutton, but he has that physical attribute and that strength, you should be able to you know kind of get better in that field. But Stingley, overall, I think he had a very good day to be a, a rookie going up against a very good receiver. Steven Nelson also had a very good day. My issue with the defense is if you guys go back and watch that game, and I hope you, that you do. I, I was a big fan of him. And I still think that he be he's going to be a part of the Houston Texans franchise for a couple of years. But this is why Davis Mills having a bad year is terrible for this franchise's future, because now you're going to be forced to choose between whether you want to go with one of the top prospect quarterbacks, and we've seen that picture that was floating around with Pep Hamilton and C.J. Stroud. I'm hmm. on record by saying <laughs> I thought Watch That I Am Athlete, or is it the Pivot? The Pivot Podcast that C.J. Stroud is a perfect, prototypical Texan quarterback, and I think that marriage may work out, and maybe may be the future. But now you're going to force yourself in a situation to choose between the quarterback and Jalen Carter because Houston has to address the inability to create pressure between the, the, between the A and B gap to uh, attack the, those gaps and knock running backs off. Last week, they almost gave up 200 yards. This week, they gave up 150 yards on the ground alone. There's one play that I was just very disgusted about this defense. It was second and 22. No pressure up front. That second and 22 led to a third and five after the defensive line. And Christian Kirksey, who is very questionable right now, made up for an interception, but he did not look good throughout the game in coverage. But between Lopez and Kersey overplaying the gaps, and Lopez getting moved with ease, and that led to a 17-yard pickup. That was one of those opportunities that if you're disciplined, if you play your gap in your assignment, then third, second and 22 should be, at the very least, third and 18, which is more favorable for your defense. These are some of the issues that this Texan team is just having right now in terms of not being able to stop the run. And then I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a, a, a more a worse tackling team than the Houston Texans right now. The tackling is super high. Even when they tackle over their line guys that they're not wrapping up and guys are able to pick up an extra four to five yards after contact multiple times throughout the game. This is on top of missed tackles. You're not going to do your defense any favors with this. Again, They played pretty stout throughout the game. I was very impressed with this Texan defense. And after the four quarters ended and they lost the game, I came away from that game thinking to myself, what if Russell Wilson just isn't Russell Wilson anymore? That's how good of a a, a defensive game that they played. Like, credit is what credit is due. They were able to make plays throughout the game. And, again, I think that fourth quarter fatigue is going to be the story of the season for them. Some of these guys may not get a contract moving forward because I'm on the field all this time and I'm not able to breathe. But these are some of the issues that they're going to have to look at. Uh Okoronkwo, as good as he played in the preseason,
1: I've he looks been unplayable. So, I've been so disappointed in point. him. Oh right? my gosh. Every time. At and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, John, but I just got to get this off my chest. Oh, Almost every time he's on the field, To your point early on in the show, when you look at these stupid mental issues, he's always in a mix of it. And I don't understand why. And I'm wondering, is it because now he is starting to be utilized more so in a defensive scheme? Because when he was with the Los Angeles Rams, the first, what, two, three years of his career, they didn't really use him that much. And I always wonder why. Because in a short amount of time, he did play with the Rams. He did a very good job getting after the quarterback. If If I'm... If I'm not mistaken, right off the top of my head, this is a guy who recorded, I believe, what, four and a half to five sacks in his first three years. But now I'm starting to understand why he spent a bulk of his time with the Rams on the bench.
0: And, and when you look at the Houston Texan roster, they got a bunch of situational guys. I do want to show some love to Kevin Pierre-Lewis. He did have a pass in interference call later in the game. But early on, I thought his coverage was very good. And I want to give him some credit because – of the three starting linebackers between Pierre Lewis, Kamu, and Kirksey, in terms of coverage, he has looked the better, the best one out of the three. And I'm counting down the days where we may see Kurt Hennish in the game more than Roy Lopez, simply mm. because Hennish is just able to do some things with his strength uh, than what Uh more than what we've seen out of Roy Lopez. And will we see Thomas Booker play at any point of this season so far, having had an opportunity to see him as well. So – the defense, I think that they're playing – I'm not going to say great. They are playing fairly good. And when you look at what they – like, they played against Matt Ryan and Russ Wilson. And the three I think quarters, this, they looked fairly decent. Three, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> through three quarters, between the two, 322 yards and two interceptions between Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan through three quarters. And, and one of them is Russell Wilson. Like, we can say whatever we want to say about Matt Ryan, but Russ Wilson – It's still supposed to be an all-Pro Bowl quarterback. The fourth quarter, (laughs) 249 yards and two interceptions. I mean, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The fourth quarter for this team is where it's all breaking down. It showed on Sunday. It showed last Sunday. And I don't have any confidence that it won't continue to show because I do not have confidence in this texan offense one turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace and with turo you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts across the us canada and the uk ditch those boring rental cars and find your drive at turo.com today thanks for making locked on texans your first listen every day be sure to check us out throughout the week as we dive more into the game from sunday And as we look towards the future, now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson podcast, NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Cody, there is a theme with the Houston Texans, and I know what it is. I was thinking about it. I was was, was thinking, and I was like, what is it? Why aren't they able to close games? And why aren't they able to? Move the ball. Why aren't they able to look like a modern NFL team that is able to score points? Only nine points on Sunday, three field goals, and they had opportunities to put the ball in the end zone. What is the problem? And this team doesn't have 1v1 stars. They don't have guys that you trust in one-on-one opportunities that's going to make the play, that's going to be able to keep the drive going, or that's going to be able to kill the drive for the opponent. They don't have guys like that. And Brandon Cooks looks like he has lost a step. We'll get into that later throughout the week. And may- that step maybe because Davis Mills isn't able to find him. But when I say they don't have 1v1 stars, I mentioned early in the show when we talked about the offensive line, Randy Gregory just gave the offensive line hell. Right? And, and that's just what it is. Specifically when he matched up with Titus Howard, he just looked like he was out of the loop there. They didn't have a 1v1 start to stop the pass rush. Roy Lopez and Malik Collins, neither one of those guys in 1v1 situations were able to win consistently throughout the game to create pressure and make it harder for the running back, Javante Williams. Shout out to him. He helped me out on fantasy. But make it harder for him to, you know, not be able to bust off a lot of those long runs. Javante Williams on Sunday averaged five yards per carry. Melvin Gordon averaged 4.7 yards per carry. That's an issue. Between those two starting running backs, 9.7 yards per carry, that's a problem. Over uh, 130 yards right there. No 1v1 star on the defensive line to create pressure in the run game. And honestly, they didn't have a lot of 1v1 stars that can consistently create pressure rushing the passer and bringing the passer down. I don't know how many missed tackles they had up front. And then when we look at the linebackers versus coverage, like a linebacker you trust that can go out there and make plays consistently. Christian Kirksey, who is a player that I like for Houston, um, but he was just a problem. It was a problem last week. He was a problem at times last year. He was a problem this week. There is not a 1v1 that, without a shadow of a doubt, you trust him every play nine times out of ten that they can make a play. And that is Houston's problem. Throughout this entire offseason, we heard how much they like guys and what certain guys are able to do for them and their strengths. But overall, they have a team full of starters that may just be situational players. Ocarunquo, Kirksey, um, Chris Conley. Uh, The the, the list can go on. That's the problem for the Houston Texans, and that's why they are sitting at 0-1-1. (laughs) 0-1-1, Oh, <laughs> one and one, but technically, the, the, the
1: coach even score against the Jacks? No, oh my god! Did, yesterday was just a weird week overall.
0: Yeah, it, it was because there was so many blown leads. Miami, like Lamar Jackson was going crazy. Then Tua six touchdowns in a, in the a game winning touchdown to Jalen Waddle. Uh, you
1: think Tua could be the be the reason why he don't get paid? Ooh, ooh. No, I was just no, like, no,
0: Lamar Jackson was crazy. Uh, they should have brought back Wink Martindale. When you look at the uh, Raiders and your boy the Kyle Cardinals, Murray, oh Cardinals that was a crazy game. And, and and I think overall for Houston, to bring it back to the Texans, I think that was a crazy game. It there w- were so many missed opportunities. And I know guys were at home like uh, Stone Cold. I drank a beer. What? I drank another beer. <laughs> what? I drank another beer. They just drank out of their mind because they pissed off at the team and john that's
1: what i was getting to because for the second week in a row it seemed like the texans they were heavy underdogs going into the game and by being underdogs by being the less talented teams once again for the first three quarters they go out there they're in striking distance and they have opportunities to win and it seems like whether it's the Colts from last week and now of course the Denver Broncos it seems like the opposing team is doing everything possible to lose the game but the Texans cannot find a way to close the deal John listeners and viewers and look we could talk about the Texans not having guys who are able to win one-on-one battles whether they be on the offensive line whether they be on defense, whether they be in the wide receiving court, whatever the case might be. But, John, it doesn't matter how those other position groups played. I do believe, man, and I hate to say this because this is starting to break my heart, especially knowing that I'm going to have to hear from several people in the media who who never believed in this young guy. But I do believe, given all of the mishaps that have taken place, Across the board with the Houston Texans with their position group, I do believe had the Houston Texans had a better quarterback other than Davis Mills, this will be an opportunity where the Texans are sitting at two and zero, other than oh one and one. So it's still early. I'm not giving up on Davis Mills. Um, as Lovie, as Lovey Smith said yesterday after the game, all we have to do is go back to the drawing board um there were some positives we have to take away tomorrow i do want to i do want to hit on um damian pierce and john like i alluded to last week with damian pierce getting more carries i do believe that was the key of keon green starting on yesterday there is uh, there is a connection between those two guys I want to hit on that tomorrow
0: um but like Lovey's,
1: like a connection lovey
0: between Smith. three guys as a matter of fact because we have to mention Troy Harrison in that bunch as well
1: I'm glad that you mentioned Troy Harrison because I was gonna get at get at that as well because like lovey Smith says there's a lot of positives to take away however we got to go back to the drawing board and see what we can do to score and how we can excel in the passing game and as I mentioned early on in the show, I know there's the lack of talent or whatever the case might be, but I don't think Davis Mills know how to utilize the talent that he has as of right now.
0: And a lot of this offense could just be way too much for him to handle right now as well. I do think it goes back to whatever Pep Hamilton is trying to establish offensively. And that is something that I believe that we should continue to take a look at as well throughout the week, maybe, or just throughout the season. By the way, before we get out of here, Jonathan Owens, 25 total tackles. That is the most in a Houston, in Houston, Texan franchise history, through the first two weeks of the season, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset at the at the, at the uh, pairing between Petrie and Owens. Petrie has to do a better job of securing tackles. By the way, uh, he has some more missed tackles on Sunday, but he's a rookie. He'll learn from those mistakes. I think he and Stingley will learn from all of the mistakes or just some of the bad things that they were doing or that happened against them on Sunday. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to check us out throughout the week. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. Follow me on Twitter right here, John underscore Hickman12. And as always, go to YouTube on your phone. Subscribe to the Locked On Texan podcast.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I didn't address this in the show. I do want to say this. I do believe yesterday was a very good game for Derek Stingley, only because I believe yesterday was a very good day of learning for that young man. We're going to dive into that some more tomorrow. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> peace. I drank another beer.